0: It's it's my foundation, it's my faith, it's my work ethic, it's my drive, it's everything that I've tried to build for myself that has made me who I am. So my main question to everyone first is, how are you doing with this whole like quarantining and the virus and all that kind of stuff?
1: Um... I feel guilty when I say this, but it's great. Really? Time at my house with my family. Um, I've been teaching virtually. I'm a teacher so that has been helpful plus their school year is over. so we're still doing professional developments like I had two hours of that this morning. Um, but honestly it helps that we live somewhere we don't know anyone. So it's not like I'd be social anyway. I wouldn't be going to people's houses. I'm not missing out on that. Um, and we had just moved into this house. And from the minute we moved in, it was busy. It was Thanksgiving and Christmas and school was busy and church is busy. So this is just a time to just, a word I learned since I moved here is "wusa," And so I just have been yeah. able to just to chill and be in my house and get things done. So. I don't necessarily have the same answer everyone else has because I haven't hated it. I, I don't want people to be sick and dying. Don't get me wrong. but
0: Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people struggling, uh, right. like being in, yeah, being isolated and stuff like that.
1: Right. But I'm not a very social person anyway. I'm, I'm a hermit. I like to stay home, be by myself. And so, um, it's given me great time with Ty, you know, he and I go out, we go on adventures and, um, Just
0: hasn't been terrible for me, yeah. I mean, same here. I mean, um, I mean, obviously, my life hasn't really changed much because I still work, Mm -hmm. so like I still go to work, I do the same thing. I mean, at work, like we have to wear masks and stuff like that, so it's kind of uh different in that way. Um, but I'm out, I'm outside all the time around nobody, so I take mine off, okay, yeah. Um, so since Uh, Georgia is like one of the first, like the first one pretty much to open like uh, hair salons and tattoo places and stuff. Like do you hear, are you hearing anything about how that's going?
1: Um, I see a little bit on social media and my husband works in a restaurant, Eric's at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So they've opened up um, and that probably has been where I've seen the biggest changes um, because before they were, everything was to go. Like they would just, you would call them, they'd bring the order out to your car, but now they are seating about half in the restaurant. So that for me is what I've noticed, um, I guess is the biggest change. Um, I did think my roots are like really showing. So I'm thinking I really need to get my hair done, but I don't like, once again, I don't have a local person here. So I don't even know who to call or where to go. So, the cases, at least in our city, don't, I've, I've been keeping like a track of them yeah. and they just like shot up or anything. It's been pretty, it's still climbing, but it's been gradual. So I don't know. I don't know that it might be too soon to know if it's had a, an impact on like the, the number of cases.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 a crazy thing because everyone is so, um, it depends on who you are and like who you have in your family. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I was talking to a lady last night that I work with. Uh, She's got, like, um, the seat covered in plastic and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, wow, she's really taking it to, like, the next level. Turns out she had lung cancer. And she's, like, been four years away from that. And um, so I was like, oh, okay, that's understandable. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, I'm definitely, like, we're going to uh, grandmoms tomorrow. And, um, I was like, I was asking my mom, I was like, do we have to wear a mask or anything? Cause I'm kind of like worried about them being older, you know, I'm not worried about myself, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, grandma said she doesn't care. So she'd rather see her grandkids.
1: Yeah, and That's a tough one. Maddie has been up here twice mm-hmm. and we took our chances. I mean, I don't know how smart that is. I'm not trying to be stupid. We didn't. Go out and socialize with a lot of people we just kind of stayed home um we went out but we when we went out it was outside so we went to like that river and we stayed outside we weren't up against people um i ran into we were at the river um ty and i were on a walk the other day and one of my students was there i haven't seen her since march and her instinct was to run up to me sixth grader her instinct was run up to me to give me a hug and i wouldn't hug her but i was nice about it so we did the like the elbow bump thing. So yeah. I still touched her. I guess it probably wasn't that, but I don't want this kid to think like that, that personal touch probably meant more to her than me trying to be like, oh, I'm socially distant, Stay away from me. Cause that you gotta have this balance. Just has to be a balance.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, there's a balance between like uh, being responsible and then like um, like just being like overly. Cautious, you know what I mean? A lot of people are just over, like, too cautious. I'm like, we have to live our life, you know? We can't stay inside for this whole thing, you know? Because at first it was set for 14 days and then it turned to a month. Now we're going on three months. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Our last day of school was March 13th. I remember Friday the 13th. And we went last week, I went back in to clean up my room. And you could tell, I thought I was coming back on Monday because Georgia was also one of the last places to close schools. So when we left on Friday, they were saying, you're going back to school. Like we're going to be here Monday. So my room looked like I was ready to be back on Monday. Then I went back two months later and um, we couldn't have imagined it. Couldn't have imagined two months ago what the world would be like and how the paranoia and the, the fear, I mean, I just can't live my life in fear like that. I want to be cautious and be careful, but I'm not afraid.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, so teaching, uh, are you teaching like over zoom, like that kind of thing?
1: Yes. Um, especially my school was kind of a, um, a lower income school. So you can't guarantee that those kids are going to have, um, the technology that they need, So the school had, like we had Chromebooks for every student. So the students were able to come in and get their Chromebooks, but then you can't guarantee they have any way to use them at home. Um, I know there were some places that were offering free Wi-Fi, but that doesn't help if you don't have the technology to get it. So um, we had, the day we left, they had prepared packets for the kids. So we had done that, but um, seriously, some of the kids didn't have transportation to get back to the school to either turn them in or, or get new ones or get their Chromebooks. So what our district decided is that their grades were basically the first three marking periods. And if they did turn in packets, if they were on the Zooms and doing the things they were supposed to do, you could add to their grade, but you couldn't do anything to hurt their grade Um, because there's just no way to guarantee that they were able to participate. So um, it was, the Zooms were super fun. I thought because after not seeing the kids for a long time, It was, um, it was just great to see faces and they were silly and, and a complete turnaround in their behavior. Like they were very well behaved because they were nervous what's going on. And they were super, and then, I mean, we can always mute them. So it wasn't bad at all.
0: Yeah, for real.
1: It was fun. I enjoyed the online teaching and they're preparing us that we may have more of that next year. So,
0: okay. I feel like, uh, like I'm trying to remember myself back in school, that would be hard for me. I couldn't even. I could. I could. I'll, I'm the type of person that um, needs to be in a school setting. You know what I mean? I couldn't have done it from home, even though it seems easy. Right. You know. Easy,
1: but if you don't have that discipline, and if you don't have even some kids, like if they don't have a parent sitting there saying, "Okay, you need to do this." Yeah. Like, kid, one time our meetings were. We only had to do them once a week. And so our meetings were Monday morning at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I had a kid show up on Wednesday, and he was like, I'm sitting here waiting for the Zoom. I was like, okay, well, that was on Monday. I was nice about it. But um, if there's not a parent there, you know, he's a sixth grader. You need that adult there to say, okay, here it is, and not expect a sixth grader to be ready. It's just those things are tough. And so I think that's one of those things that makes the online a lot harder, just not having all the tools that you need.
0: Now, when you um, teach, not like this time specifically, but teaching like overall in general, uh, have you had like kids that learn in different ways?
1: Absolutely. Um, We talk about that. There are three learning styles. There's um, audible. People need to hear things. Eric, my husband, is an audible learner, so he will learn best by you telling him. I'm a visual learner. I need to read it. Like you can, you can read to me and I'll never get it. But if I read it myself, if I see the words, then that's how I learn. And then there's a kinesthetic learner who, those are kids who um, excel with projects, hands-on kind of things. So a lot of buzzwords that they use, but that differentiation is what they talk about. Cause you've got to plan those lessons. So your audible, visual, and even kinesthetic learners, those kids, and that's hard in an English class. We're not a project. We're not lab like in science or anything so it's a challenge when I mean, those things are pretty challenging but yeah learning styles are different and and just because those are three that, that's just a, a small number of how many other things and accommodations you need to make for all the other like learning difficulties and disabilities and things it's it's challenging it's not um it's not just what I thought kind of going into it. You just get up there and you teach and then you sit down and let the kids do work. I mean, the teaching isn't like that, at least not anymore.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I was in one of those classes, you know, I was in, I took algebra um, in two parts. So two separate years. And um, so we had like, I had to chew gum and in school, we weren't allowed to chew gum, but in that class I was allowed to chew gum. Cause she knew that's how like I did better and I focused um, one dude had to sit next to the wall and like, um, do the outline of the, like the cinder blocks with his finger. That's how he like, (laughs) that's how he like focused and stuff like that. And then another dude had to play like drums with his pencils, you know? Um, so we had like, it wasn't like a special class, but it was just like, it was a smaller class too. Um, but I think like, uh, like my dad did the right thing by putting me in a class like that. Um I know he did it mostly cuz he didn't want to teach me cuz he knows how that was, but uh but yeah, I think that's something that I needed and um have you did you have like kids like do you have kids like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um in our district here, we have what they call co-teachers. So when you have kids, especially for kids who have um diagnosis, diagnoses, um, like a disability or something, then we would have a co-teacher in those classrooms just to give them that a little bit of reinforcement, a little extra help. Because um, when you're in a big class, you want to individualize that attention, but it's it's almost impossible to do it that often. So they would bring that extra teacher in there because you see that. It's, I'm just thankful you had a teacher who saw that. I'm thankful you had a teacher who thought Okay, I know you're not supposed to chew gum, but if that helps you, that's what we want. If 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 creating a better student and getting what you need so that you can learn and creating that environment, then I, I applaud that teacher. I'm happy that you had that experience because, myself included, sometimes I can get so. But this is the rule. Well, yeah, this is the rule, but but what's the best for the student at that time? There's a, a balance in that too.
0: Yeah, and that's hard, and I think uh, you really have to know that student to know if they're going to uh, be a pushover, like, if they're going to um, take advantage of you for doing that kind of thing, you know, and I think she knew, like, I wasn't that kind of kid, like, she knew, like, and she watched me spit out my gum every time I left the room and stuff like that, like, I mean, it was pretty cool, but... Yeah, but um
1: that's your memory of that, I don't know how much algebra you remember, nope. but you remember the <laughs> street you remember the way that she looked at you as an individual and gave you an individual calm accommodations, but she did that for you because all she wanted was for you to do better to learn. And so I'm happy you had an experience like that.
0: Well, and it's funny is because like when I think back at my teachers, I don't remember anything, what they taught me pretty much, you know what I mean? But I remember little things that they've done for me. And those are the things that stick, you know what I mean? And that's weird. And,
1: sometimes I don't think about the things I did right. I think so often about the things I did wrong and I can think about the individual students that if I could go back and fix that moment, if I could, because that moment is probably the one that stuck with that kid. Um, it's hard. It's hard to, um, I don't know. I just, I wish I was perfect, but I'm not. So it's, I learn, I continue to learn.
0: And, um, so I see that you guys, like, uh, you guys, like, traveled to, like, a lot of states to see different things. Is that another, like, part of your, lear- like, learning? Do you like to learn when you travel to different states? Or is um, it just for fun?
1: I do, but I don't, I don't, like, make Ty, you know, have a quiz about it later or anything. Right, right, right. He is, he is just someone who gets interested in something and he absorbs everything. So we've been going on walks. We went on a hike last week. Well, the whole... Um, hike, he's giving me all this trivia he's learned. His two big passions in life are hockey and the band Weezer. Loves them both. And so, and this is how he discovered that he liked them. Um, One day, it was a year ago January, he walked up to me and said I think I'll like hockey. And then he was the biggest hockey fan you've ever met. Um, The other day we celebrated like the 40th anniversary or I don't know how many years of the um, 46th I think of the flyers winning the stanley cup because he is we tell him all the time he should be a color announcer because he's not necessarily the play-by-play guy but if you want to know what happened in 1973 he's the one to tell you because he's so anyway when we go on those walks he tells me all those things he's full of information um i never knew that rivers cuomo was the lead singer for Weezer, but let me just tell you oh yeah
0: you
1: know those are things he's passionate about that so um I learn as much on those trips from him as he does for me. Um, so I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't do it like, okay, now guys, we're going to go like, here's a worksheet and <laughs> go fill out the blanks. We don't Oh do yeah,
0: I know that. But like, so when you try, like, remember you did like those, uh, that was university trips, like mm-hmm. you went to several different universities and stuff.
1: We did that the summer that Maddie got married, and she had just gotten married, and Eric had a broken foot. So it was his left foot, so he could still drive. We had gone over to visit Eric's parents in New Orleans. We were just supposed to go for the weekend, and then we were going to go up to, I think, to see Ole Miss or Mississippi State. We were going to see one of those. And while we are up there, kind of just decided, you know what, Maddie can watch the dog let's just keep going. And we just kept going. And I don't know what Ty remembers of that. Sometimes we remind him, but, and I know this probably shows my age, but that's why I love Facebook because all those memories are on there, like all the pictures of that. So I can show him, remember we did this and we worked a lot of things into that. Um, I had a student who happened to be at Kentucky, a former student at the time. We got to take him out to dinner. And if I could do anything, like I don't, I'm content in my house. I'm content with my car. I'm content with all this stuff in my life. But if I could travel, which I think is the most, that's probably the most limiting thing right now with this virus is that I want to travel. Like here, I have all this time. I could go anywhere and I can't go anywhere. It's very um, disappointing. I wouldn't want to go visit my parents. like go up and see you, but you know, that's probably not a good idea right now. So um, travel, that's, that's my passion. I want to I wanna see everything and go everywhere. But now I'm just in my house.
0: See, I always think about that. Like I'm I always thought like I would wanna travel, but then I really think about it and I'm just like, there's only a couple places I really wanna would like wanna go to. Um number one on my list is Australia. Mm -hmm. And go to Australian football game. I think that would be like one of the best times. Um I thought about like wanting to go to Ireland to see like where we came from, you know, that kind of thing, like the main routes, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, like, but I don't know. I don't know about that, but, uh, cause people always ask me that, They're like, oh, you go to Disney world like every year. I was like, dude, cause I love it.
1: And people want to always tell you what to do. Here's what you mm-hmm. need to do you do what you're going to do and you let them do what they're going to do because unsolicited advice is like my least favorite thing. And I'm, I know I'm guilty of it. I do it too, but I try to remember that look, you're an adult, live your life. You love Disney. And that's where you want to spend, because you'll spend your money on what you want to. If Disney's then do it and that's what you should do. My ultimate um, dream vacation is Greece. And mm-hmm. basically because I taught theater for so long and Theater basically started in Greece, like that was the origins. And so, I am going to go somewhere and like touch things that are thousands of years, like man-made, thousands of years old. I just think that would be the coolest thing. And Eric doesn't share that. He's like he would go, but there's no passion there for him. Right. He really wants to see um, different things, but you know, well, there's a there's a compromise there. So maybe we'll see it all eventually.
0: Yeah, and you know where you get like a lot of like uh, unsolicited advice is like social media and stuff like that. Um, how much attention do you give social media?
1: Um, I'm on it a lot. I check it all the time. I post when I think something's going on. I'm not political on mm-hmm. it, so I don't give that any attention at all. I just ignore it. Doesn't doesn't upset me. So when people are political, that's great. I know how to scroll. Um, I, but I don't, I don't live my life thinking that anybody's life is perfect. And I don't try to project mine as perfect. I usually just put like, what I love about it is when it has like time hop or those memories and you can go back and I get to see funny things. My kids have said, Ty said funny things. And I love that because then it's recorded. It's somewhere. And I'm not a necessarily, um a journalist. I'm not a you know, I don't keep a journal and I don't really do great scrapbooks or anything like that. So I think that's like my family's scrapbook. And that's what it's really for. It's not for me to share opinions. People don't care what I think. Um, but I know my mom sees it. You know, I know my family sees it. My kids see it. Um It's a great way to connect with, with former students. And they're very important to me. So I don't necessarily want to talk to them or they don't want to talk to me every single day, but I love, wish them happy birthday. How are you doing? They have accomplishments in life, graduate college. I can celebrate that with them. That's what social media is for me. It's, it's, it's a happy place for me. And anytime someone tries to make it unhappy by, I, I can just ignore it. Like I don't have mm-hmm. to think about that. You know, that's the beauty of it. It's not mandatory.
0: Yeah, and you know what I hate that Facebook has become? Like, it's created this whole it's this whole thing. Like, it's mainly political because now people are sharing these articles because of the headline.
1: And they don't read the article to see or they don't look at the source to even see if it's true. Right. And so now you've got people riled up and they're all upset. And then you find out, well, that was, that was like BuzzFeed. Like, that wasn't even a real thing. So not to knock butt seed or anything but whatever it is they're not always um vetted articles and so people get them like all in a tizzy about it and it's like ah it's not even real
0: yeah and uh, i don't know and then you see like people uh they'll share like one like they'll just share like cnn stuff mm-hmm. you know what i mean i was like why don't you find like another source that it like says it the same thing and then connect it to you know and put it put them together you know what I mean? Like I, I look at like two or three before I even make form an opinion.
1: But that's the wise thing. People should be doing that. You should be looking at other sources But people are so like, I have a belief system and I know what I believe. That doesn't mean I don't look at what other people believe. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm just so narrowly focused. How am I going to even be able to talk back to them? How am I going to be able to answer those questions if I'm not aware of other things? Um, but I'm not good at that I'm not good at being political because i I vote I'm consci- you know I'm conscientious about that but it it's it's not my thing
0: yeah I'm not uh I'm not a big political person either but I think sometimes um I open my mouth when other people get too high on their horse you know and I just kind of like to shut them up
1: and the beauty of it is you're allowed to do that. I mean, unless like Facebook police come and get you or something, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah. No, I learned my lesson on, um, on Facebook. I don't really, as much as I want to sometimes on, um, social media, uh, I just don't, I just hold myself back. I'm just like, look, man, like a lot of people don't understand that you will never change someone's mind. Never. So, you can say all you want, and that person can be wrong, but they're not going to change their mind on what they believe
1: and something that I tried to instill um in my kids and i'm I'm sure I learned it from my parents was just to be the bigger person like just because something can be said doesn't mean you have to say it mm-hmm. because to your point, you're not going to change their minds, so I can argue till I'm red in the face or till my fingers bleed by typing, and I'm not going to change your all I'm going to do is like make us bitter you know all I'm going to do is embattle us and that's that doesn't interest me like I don't I just like people be happy and peaceful and if there's something wrong I want you know I'll address it but for the most part people's political beliefs don't affect me at all they don't bother me
0: yeah and uh speaking of uh being a parent I got a question from your daughter
1: oh no okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: She says, uh, what's the worst or hardest thing about being a parent?
1: Um, The hardest thing is you you live in constant fear that something will happen to your kid. There's nothing scarier, nothing scarier in my life than if something were to happen to one of my kids. But I think the worst thing about being a parent is watching a kid make a mistake and sometimes you just have to let them make it. Like you can't step in for everything. I can't prevent everything. Um, and some and and you will always second guess it. Should I have stepped in? She had an incident with um like a bully when she was a kid, and I didn't step in. And to this day, I don't know if I did the right thing. Like should I or shouldn't I? But but you know, I go to the principal, and now the bully's extra mad at her. I just didn't know the right thing to do and I didn't do it and so maybe that's the worst thing so I second-guessed that you know that happened 15 years ago but I still oh man did I do the right thing should I have done that should I have gone to the principal but I don't know parenting I don't know it's my favorite thing ever my favorite thing ever is being a parent my favorite thing is my kids they are just delightful people they're growing into such she's such a neat okay i guess she'll watch this but she's a neat person like she's not just just oh she's my kid and i love her she's a neat person um she has funny ideas and she has great ideas and she teaches me things all the time ty already talked about him how he does that so i recommend it you know be a parent if you can and if you can't enjoy the other you know the people in your life because um someone on Mother's Day wishing me a happy Mother's Day. And so I said the same to her and then it dawned on me, Oh, she might not be a mother and she wasn't, but she has a niece and nephew. And I thought, well, I can get that because I feel I know the way I feel about you guys. Yeah. Um, how important you are to me that I could see that that's that'd be very fulfilling in my life.
0: Right. That's crazy because I I um I remember I don't know when I had him on. I had him on a while ago. I had my dad on and I asked him, um, I forget what the question was and uh he was telling me how he always learned from other people's mistakes whereas yeah. us like we like we didn't we learned from our mistakes you know what i mean and yeah it could have gone in the wrong direction and so i couldn't imagine what was going through their heads and um but i'm glad i went through that those things because now i look back and i'm just like like wow, like that really helped me out to where I'm at now. You know, for example, is like failing eighth grade. You know, we can laugh about it now. But back then when it happened, I was crying and like I had to go back to the same school, you know, and uh, it was one of the hardest things I had to go through. But it brought me into a class that I loved being in at Red Lion. Whereas other people are looking back, oh, I hated high school, blah, blah, blah. I loved it. I mean, I hated the work and stuff, but yeah. the social well, aspect.
1: Think about that. Like if your dad had then intervened and said, okay, then go to a different school so you don't have to deal with that, you would have had a different experience. You might have liked it, you might have, but you wouldn't have had that experience. And so your dad like made you go through something tough. And that's hard as a parent. It's hard to watch when you know your kid's unhappy and you know it's going to make them miserable. But it's also, it helps you grow. And if Mm -hmm. if my job is just to keep everything so you're just happy all the time, um, how are you going to grow from that?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So how would you put your childhood versus your kid's childhood? Good and bad.
1: A lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. We didn't live near family. And so... It made our families tight. I was thinking what you said about um, how your dad learned from other people's mistakes. One thing I thought was different is the age gap between you and your siblings. Like you and your siblings are pretty close together. Mm -hmm. Almost the same difference as your brother and I are, or your, your dad, my brother and I are. Um, That's, that's significant because he didn't have somebody else you had, Alyssa and you had Jonathan, you guys were together all the time where Aaron and I weren't quite like that because we were almost five years apart. Um, so my kids were further apart than that. And that's that's a big difference. Um, they never went to school together. There's There was never a time, like my, my brother and I went to school three years together. Um, we never, so we never, they're very separate in that way. Um, but. I hope that my kids always felt like unconditional love because I always felt that. I was never perfect. I was never that perfect, you know, person I think my mom liked me to be. My mom showed me unconditional love. You know, she always I always knew that no matter what, she was there for me. And the decisions I made, she didn't always agree with, but she would always um, back me up. One of those, I was a cheerleader until like eleventh grade and I just really didn't enjoy it. It wasn't my thing. I wanted to try something else, so I wanted to play volleyball. My mom was devastated. Like she absolutely did not want me to quit cheerleading because she just enjoyed, um, the whole, whatever it was, she enjoyed it. Well, then I played volleyball. My mom was at every volleyball game. I mean, that's, it wasn't her first choice, but she supported it all the time. So, um, I hope that my kids know that I hope that, you know, we tried to be there for all their things that that was very important to us. Um, so I think our, their, their childhoods were pretty similar. Just the age difference in the kids—that was something that was a little significant. It's like nine years.
0: Yeah, and I look, but I look at Maddie and Ty's bond now, and it's like it's as strong as like if they were just a couple years apart.
1: I agree, you know? and worried about that. I because what's funny is she was so much older than he was, so he was in third or fourth grade when she graduated high school. So he went through all of middle school and high school, you know, not really, I think he was in, I don't know, sixth or seventh when she got married. So I thought I worried about that, or I was concerned about it and hopeful, and I prayed a lot about that. Like, I just want them to be close. And now they just always got along. Like there wasn't fighting, there wasn't, they just always got along. And now when they're together, they pick all the time. He is relentless with her. But I think it's good because I think that's just a natural sibling thing that they didn't really have growing up that somehow he's discovered now and sometimes I have to like take up for her because he's so mean to her. But on the other hand I kinda of chuckle because it's it's not mean spirited, it's just typical sibling stuff. So it just makes me laugh.
0: Yeah, whereas uh me, Joff and Alyssa, we've had we had our battles. It was uh and it was always two against one, so it was it was never like those two versus me. It was like me and Joff versus Alyssa, or me and Alyssa versus Joff. You know what I mean? It was always two versus one, um. And it just depended on the night, you know. And it was, I mean, there was times where uh, Alyssa and Joff got in a big fight, and uh, Alyssa he was like Joff was on her back, and um, she pushed him into the drywall, and there's a whole big hole in their basement. And we tried to cover it up with a poster and all the, it's the whole thing. But then after that, Alyssa's glasses were on the ground and I stepped on them. Yeah. How
1: did you out to confess or did you be like, whoops, that was just an accident?
0: Um, I think mom and dad found out a lot later. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the whole glasses thing, I just said that, because um, they were like wrestling and stuff and then it got serious. I just said they rolled over them. So I didn't get in trouble. And then there's another time where Alyssa, I, was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was sitting on the couch. Alyssa comes running downstairs. She had an airsoft gun that she used to keep in her room because we used to play airsoft all the time. So that was her, like her, her weapon. And uh, she had an airsoft gun and a knife and she put the airsoft gun to my head and put the knife up to my nipple. And she was like, which one do you want? Like, <laughs> Yeah it's that it was that kind of uh <laughs> but then but then there's times where we all three had each other's backs you know what i mean I've
1: heard a thousand times that the best thing about a sibling sibling relationship is you can fight and i hate you to your sibling mm-hmm. but don't let somebody else try that because that's my sibling like you're not going to do that and i've loved that i've witnessed that with like high school students um, that which I just love that. I love that I've got your back kind of thing, that idea. Cause it's, when I see now the relationship between the three of you, you know, Jonathan's across the country, but I still feel you guys are so tight. Yeah. Um, and I believe that, that if Jonathan needed you, you, you would always be there. Alyssa, they would always, you know, you'd always be there for them. And I, I see that and that is why, um, cause we struggled having kids. And so I wanted desperately for Maddie to have a sibling for that reason. Because you need to know. You need to know what it's like to have to share your parents' attention. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when I only had Maddie, the world revolved around Maddie. Well, then Ty came around and she had to learn, you know, there are other people in this world. And I think that's an important lesson.
0: Yeah. So how was um, you and my dad's, like, relationship?
1: Um, Growing up, I mean, when we were little, I think we played together. A lot of pictures of us together. But with that age gap, um, I was in eighth grade when he was a senior. So we didn't coincide, our groups didn't. However, your Aunt Wendy and I were friends before your mom and dad dated. And Wendy is, was a way that he, your dad would say, hey, do you want to go see Wendy tonight? And that would give him an excuse to see your mom before they ever got together. Um, he and I weren't like super close. But we, my mom says we didn't fight that much either. Like we just weren't, we just were there. Um, dinner table was the best time of the evening. Like everybody eating dinner together and laughing, especially when we got older. Um, but when he, his last year of college was my first year of college, we were at the same school. And that was the best because I didn't know anybody. And if I was like, he lived off campus, so if he would take me off campus. And that was the best. And after that, we became very close. Like we're finish each other's sentences. We don't have to talk every day, but I pick up the phone and text him. He's always right there. We always recommend movies to each other. I got to see this movie and he's always like, Oh, how'd you know that was the perfect one? And he's vice versa for me. Um, so whatever you go through as kids, it works out as adults. That's how it seems to me.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause I think you, um, I don't know it's something weird like even talking to Sierra last week when I was telling her like when we were younger we always stayed away from like the post family you know what I mean really? yeah but I was Wait, like why why do we think that way when we're younger when we're older I'm like why did I do that you know what I mean
1: I think we did that because it was a very big family and we'd go there and so the Eastburns we were closer to them because they lived near us we saw them apart like we only saw the post in West Virginia but when we got to like middle school and high school, the posts were so much fun because there were so many of them. And here, Aaron and I just have like the two of us. And then we go in the posts and there's just cousins are like your instant friends. But we didn't necessarily do that as little kids. Um, it wasn't till I did have Sandy posts because she was close to my age, but um, not so older So we were much older. And it's, I always thought it was just fun having such a large family to be around because it was just... Something different than what I had at
0: home. Right. I know. I went through. Phew, I can't even count how many, like a bunch of stages, you know. And I look back now. I'm like, why did I think I had to be one thing? You know what I mean? Like a a skater or a punk rock dude or a, a wigger or whatever. You know what I mean? Did you had Did you guys go through any of that kind of stuff?
1: I don't. I don't necessarily think I did. I don't even, I'm not even sure we were aware of that many things back then. Like, right. like the thing that like, I kind of didn't aspire to, but I found very intriguing when I was a kid were the, uh, we called them motorheads and they're just the guys who worked on cars and wore jean jackets and jeans. And I just, I don't know, I was fascinated by that, but wasn't one of them. I always felt like an outsider. Um, but I don't know, maybe because we didn't have access to the internet, I don't, I'm not sure why I never, I just kind of had a certain group of friends, and I kind of just did what my friends did, which is probably the same thing. That's probably, you were probably influenced by certain friends, but my friends just happened to be like cheerleaders and athletes and things, So, and, and going to a smaller school um, is probably different than if I'd gone to like a big public high school or something.
0: Yeah, you know what else is weird? I had a phase where like I wore expensive clothes, like, <laughs> like like to act like I was like a rich kid or something like that at Newcastle, and I don't know why I did that.
1: Um, what what grade were you when you left Newcastle?
0: Um, second year of eighth grade. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Um, I can remember. Do you remember our infamous shopping trip when your school was going to uniforms? We, Grandmom and I took you shopping. It was whatever. I think you were at Red Lion then, so maybe ninth grade. Right. And they wanted to uniforms. And we went shopping with you, and you refused to get anything that wasn't black.
0: And here ah, I thought, yeah, I'm, the cool yeah.
1: aunt. I'm the cool aunt. He'll just talk to me because grandma's like, I can't do anything with him. Take him. So you and I might have <laughs> And all you said is, but I want it black. I said, well, honey, you know, black isn't all the colors. Like you have to have like red, or I it's just, like red and khaki maybe or something. I was like, there've gotta be other colors, but I just want black. And I couldn't explain to you, but but black's not your only choice. Like, you have to have something other than black. And I said, get black pants, but you gotta have another shirt. Well, I just want black. Well, that wasn't my favorite shopping trip. <laughs> just cause I thought, I thought, oh, I'm gonna be able to convince him. He'll listen to me cause I'm different. Well, I wasn't right. different.
0: Nah, no, I don't I don't blame you cuz I'm kind of the same way now. You know, I'll wear other colors and stuff, but um mostly I wear black. I don't know why. It just it's just, I'm I don't know. It's more attractive to me. Right,
1: but it's such a a universal color. I mean it matches everything, just practically.
0: Oh yeah. But that's funny because like uh you and your you and grandma had an incident with me and then also dad and granddad. Cause they both tried to tutor me. So my dad first, he told Grandad, I can't do this. It's like, you know, pulling teeth or whatever. Granted said, okay, I'll come in and do it. Granted quit. He couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that was the same thing because English was not a problem. I could get words. They were great. But when I was in algebra two, I think, um, I needed help. And my dad wanted to tutor me. It might have been geometry my dad wanted to tutor me and I cried every single time and Mark Buckaloo, my friend's brother would come over all the time and they would leave and they'd be happy and Mark would learn and it was great but every time he tried with me because maybe it was because your dad was more math-minded and he came before I did and so he's like well you should just get it oh, I don't get it and I'd be crying and miserable and it didn't work so I had to um work with a teacher you know just after school or whatever because I just couldn't learn from my dad so I gotcha. I understand what you're yeah,
0: going through. Yeah. You know another thing that you and my dad both do is, um, I don't know if it's putting yourself down. Um. What would I call it? Like in, like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Like when you said about like posting, you were like, "Oh, people don't care what I think." You um, know what I mean? He does the same thing. You know, he'll post a video and just be like, oh, no one's going to watch this. Like, no one cares about this. I'm like, why do you do that?
1: Well, you've, you've met our parents, haven't you? Yeah. So, I mean, we got it honestly. Um, also, it's not a not a fake way of being humble, but I think that we were taught think of yourself less. I mean this in a good way. Right. We were taught to be humble. You're not supposed to brag about yourself you know and so i think that probably is just in us that we can't we can't really escape that because i don't i don't necessarily think of myself like here's what i know When we did like plays at school i was always careful to stay in the background because i always wanted that to be like the kids accomplishments and my plays were kid run they ran tech they ran like sound they ran they my kids did it all so there's part of me that just doesn't need that kind of accolade like i just liked it when the kids were appreciated and so maybe that was something that we were kind of taught um i don't know that's i agree that we do that i don't know why we do it but i agree that we do it
0: yeah because he ah, uh, what he always and he's he does it all the time when he's talking to me you know especially like when it comes to, like, posting on YouTube, because, you know, he he does his whole hiking video and stuff like that, you know. I was like, Dad, don't care, and don't, because he'll also have sometimes, like, uh, I remember he did a video of walking at this park with his dog, right? And he had the dog off leash, and some lady complained, like, as a comment. He's like, oh, I'm not going to post videos anymore. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it doesn't matter what she thinks. Like keep posting them. You you spend time, you know, putting that camera into certain places, you know, to make it creative, and then you come home and you spend time to edit that thing. So put it out and be proud of what you put out. If people watch it, great. If people don't, great. You know? She's
1: on the grocery store right now, is yelling at you if you're not following the arrows. Oh, because yes. there are people like that. That unsolicited advice kind of thing. Um, was he doing anything? Was he doing what was wrong? Probably. Did it hurt anything? Was the dog going crazy? Was she running? No, your dog is amazing. Um, people just have to, there are just so many different kinds of people in life, but she's that person. She's Karen, you know, yeah. the internet Karen. She's mm-hmm. just got to tell you, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, was it hurting anything? He didn't do it for long. Clearly he was taking a picture. I mean, I just hate that those people are the, the ones who kind of like, squash other people's like creativities
0: and it's a shame yeah and then it's just like if i think those people like kind of like tried to run the world the world would just be blown up by now because those people just they don't know you know they just like to call other people out. i'm like worry about yourself get your life in order before you try and you know talk to someone else
1: that's something i read yesterday someone was complaining about someone's um punctuation and grammar no spelling and grammar, and the person misspelled grammar. <laughs> well, you, better, you better be 100% sure that your house is in order before you're going to go call someone else about theirs. It's just the way it is. Not that we don't all make mistakes, but spell check didn't spell grammar wrong.
0: Yeah, know? that's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. Because that's one of my biggest uh, pet peeves, and I have a lot of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, it's crazy. Um,. So, how long have you been married?
1: Um, 30 plus years. So, it'll be 31 in August.
0: Okay. Um, I was talking to my wife uh, last... Was it last night about this? Uh, What do you think about... Should you marry your best friend? Because a lot of people, like... I feel like Heather's my best friend. You know what I mean? And... But I also see marriages where, like, they have separate best friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But so they're just pretty much like a man and woman together. Like they don't hang out like that. They don't talk to each other like that. Or you know. So what would you suggest if you if someone was asking for advice?
1: Eric was my best friend before we were married. I mean, before we dated, he was my best friend, and then. My roommates were kind of like, oh, you know, he likes you. I was like, no, he's just my friend. And so it evolved from there. Um, Picking a life partner is easy and it's hard. I mean, it's easy. Mm. You love that person. You make a decision, be with them. Because it's all about your decision. Um, If you marry them only because they're, because I have a friend right now who's like, man, this guy really cares about me and all that. But I just only see him as a friend. And I said, don't marry him. Like, don't marry him if you can only see him as a friend because <laughs> marriage is more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be attracted to that person. You have to, you know, you gotta, they gotta make your heart flutter a little bit. Um, because, but I, that whole separate best friend thing would be, especially when you hear like best friends of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't get that. Like, I wouldn't understand that. I would, I would, I'm not secure enough to get that. Right. Um, I just think it's making a choice and making that commitment. Um, but there's so many different elements to that. It's just, I don't know. I'm glad he's my best friend, but I think that's why the quarantine has been easy for me. Cause my best friends live at my house and I get to see Maddie, you know, my other best friend, but you know, that's just kind of the way it is.
0: Yeah. Because I, I've had people ask me like, Oh, how's it stuck? How is it like being stuck inside with your wife all the time? I'm like, Well, one, my life hasn't changed. Like I still go to work, so we're not stuck all the time. But even if we were, um, we're okay with me watching what I want to watch out in the living room, and her being in the bedroom watching what she wants to watch. You know what I mean? We don't. We're not together twenty four seven. Even even in our house, a lot of times I'm in the basement doing this, or I'm lifting, or I'm doing you know something. For my business i don't know
1: and my in-laws are kind of together 24 7. um he's a pastor of a church and she's the secretary at the church so they go to work together come home together they're always together um but that's also a decision like you decide to make that work or you don't yeah a person who's going to question you i mean i'm not questioning that person but well i chose to be with this person why wouldn't i want to be in the house with them all day long and like you said i mean you you're not on top of each other all day long, like right. in each other's pieces. But just, I like knowing that they're there. Um, Eric's job has changed a couple times in the last year, so he's not home as much as he was at the beginning um, when we moved here. So it's it really is, he comes home from work now, as opposed to he was in the office for a few hours and he comes out in the living room.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and for me... It took a, a little while to figure out what I wanted at the time because like uh, we were together like three years I think it was and then I just had like this thought like we're in that we're that age you know we're that in that time where we're supposed to be getting married you know what I mean and it freaked me out like So I didn't know what I wanted, so we broke up. And that was for, like, 24 hours. And then I cried and called her back, blah, blah, blah. And um, so then I'm at at her house, and I'm laying in her bed. And I'm just like, no, I have to go through with this. So I got all my stuff. She's like, where are you going? I was like, I can't do this. And I left, yeah.
1: 24 hours? Huh? Like in that time period, that 24
0: hours? Oh, it was, like, a day after. And then that second time, it lasted for a week. And um, I think I really needed that. I needed to know uh, that I didn't, like, it was kind of like I didn't know what I had till I, it was gone. You know what I mean? And, um, and you, you know my parents, they're not like, they don't get deep into things, into my, you know, they're not big talkers. So, uh, I talked to my mom and she was like, you better not hurt that girl's heart again after I told her I was going to go back to her, you know? And, uh, and yeah. And then I actually went, Heather was actually hanging out with grandma, you
1: know, (laughs) or something
0: they were at like
1: story. Like she didn't have a purse anymore because you had given her her purse. Yeah. I think she was with grandma when she told her that
0: yeah and they were at like uh the church doing something so i went and uh talked to her and then we got back together and all that kind of stuff and like a week or two after that i was like yeah i want to marry her so
1: dad's advice to your dad was don't marry her because you think you can live with her marry her because you can't live without her hey that's good. good advice too but i mean that's pretty profound if you can't see yourself every day not with that person with
0: that first. yeah it's weird because i can't see granddad saying that
1: no I, he didn't say it to me your dad told me he said it to him i think oh, hey. i got that right
0: yeah sure. i mean still I, I still couldn't see granddad saying that saying that you know every time i'm over there and i'm talking about something usually i'm ranting so yeah. i understand but um because grandma was a great listener you know she'll just sit there and like listen to me talk but uh granddad will come in say hi and then leave the room it's because he'll hear what I'm talking about and just wait. Nope, don't want any part of that. But
1: you're exactly right. One time, I called him very upset from college, and I just I made him very uncomfortable because I was upset and I wanted to talk about my feelings, and it's just not his thing. Yeah. Um, however, I'd like to share a story about him. Um, the night that I got married, it was like chaos. We had a rehearsal dinner. Um, there, something was wrong. The guys didn't all have their ties and cummerbunds, so we had to like figure all this out. It had a chaotic night and I was getting ready to go to bed. And because we had so much company, I was sleeping on the living room couch. So I was like painting my nails or whatever, getting ready to go to bed to get married the next day. And my dad walked downstairs and never said a word because that's who granddad is. But we stood in my in the kitchen and just cried and cried and cried. And we just cried for like 10 minutes or something. And then, okay, well, good night. And <laughs> he went upstairs. But then when I um, went to bed, he had put like a note And I still have it in a lockbox, the note that he wrote um, just because he's not a talker. That's just not who he is. But he he wrote those feelings down because that was the best way that he. because, you know, if it gets uncomfortable, he's going to leave. He's going to walk out Not because it's a bad who he is. Um, But he was able to express that on a letter, which I thought was really nice. I still have it. That's cool. Yeah, it's a kind of a neat moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never had. Um, I think having dad on the podcast was probably like the deepest, you know, we've ever gotten. You know what I mean?
1: I also think that it's such a good format because it allows you to ask questions. Right? Um, sometimes conversation doesn't really, you know. I'm I'm not a convers like I'm not a communicator in that way. But being married to Eric, you had to be because Eric talks about everything. He walks in the door. He wakes up talking. He talks all the time. Um, and I don't. And I would frustrate the life out of him when we first got married because he was like, "Why won't you talk?" <laughs> it's a learned thing. I didn't learn to talk because we yeah. didn't talk about our house. They were lovely. I don't. There's no, please don't take that that there's anything wrong with the way we grew up. It was just different. Mm-hmm. And so we had to. That was something where you know, to me, Eric talked too much. To him, I talked too little. And which is ironic because. The stereotype is that the woman's the one who talks so much. But that has always been the opposite in our relationship, always.
0: Yeah, I think here, I think we're kind of like 50-50. I think it depends on the day.
1: Um It's also a decision. Like, you make a decision to share your feelings. Oh, yeah. So I think so often people want to act like, well, this is just the way life happens. Well, life doesn't just happen. Like, things happen in your life, but it's how you deal with them. How you decide, okay, I want to talk about things. I need to get this off my chest. Maddie was always good at that. She's like her dad. She's Eric, and unfortunately, Ty is me. Poor guy. Because he's just different. He's he's more like I am.
0: Yeah, and it's weird because, like, me and Joff will have, like, real deep conversations and stuff like that. Whereas, like, my parents aren't like that, you know? But, but Alyssa is just like them. Like, she's not a big talker, you know what I mean? But also, like, I've, I could always talk to my brother, right? But talking to, like, when I had people over here that they're not necessarily strangers, but uh, just people that I've seen around and they haven't I haven't really, like, engaged in a conversation with them. But then we get on a podcast and then they just open up, you know what I mean? And it makes me want to open up. You know, and it makes me want to talk. So doing a podcast like really has helped my uh, social ability to, you know, be vocal and talk about things and ask questions and stuff like that. Whereas before I was too shy.
1: Yeah. But I also think because some of the podcasts that you have are fitness related. Yeah. um, That's your passion. And when you get people on there, people like to talk about what they're passionate about. Even quiet people will talk, you know, I like a good book or I like this, you know, they'll talk about that. So um, I think it's such a great format for you to share your passion, Mm -hmm. to tell people what that's all about. And and you will get excited. I'm not terribly passionate about um, fitness necessarily, but I've been trying to work out a little bit and do some things. And so I'm finding more of that, finding more of, um, you can read it more on my face, but before I was like, oh my gosh, you know, no one wants to talk to someone who doesn't want to talk about that subject mm-hmm. it's interesting. but when you're passionate it's exciting i like to watch a person wow why do they like it so much and it it's um it's, it's contagious it's not communicable that's a negative but it's a contagious thing passion is contagious
0: you know what i've seen though is like people kind of like almost get scared Sometimes when they ask me a question, because when I do get passionate about it, they're like, Oh, what did I just open? You know what I mean? Like you open Pandora's box with that, you know what I mean? Uh, cause I can go forever, you know, you pick a certain subject and I, if I'm, if I'm passionate about it, like I'll, I'll run my mouth, Absolutely. chatty Cathy.
1: Great. I mean, I think that's fantastic because I don't I can't tell you how long it takes people in life sometimes to find their passion. I mean, mm. you talk about my kids, I'm excited. I'm going to talk about my kids. I'm going to talk about my husband, you know, I'm excited about those things, but it's hard to talk about the hard things. It's hard to talk like finances and stuff like that yeah. when it's not, you know, that's not always fun to talk about. But in marriage, that was what I had to learn, you got to talk about all of it. Like, right. It's just tough.
0: So how, how is your fitness stuff going? What do you, how you been with that?
1: Um, I have not missed a day in like weeks. I'm not killing it, but I am. I'm on the track. So I st- tried to start at home. Um, just walked around the neighborhood, and I was just getting shin splints because the pavement was just too hard. I've I've notoriously had shin splints like forever all my life. Um, but I started the track at Ty's school and it's rubbery and it's fantastic. So I'm pretty good last night. Um, Eric's gotten on it with me now. So he walked a few laps last night. Um, I listened to what you said cause I took some advice from you. So mm-hmm. I walk a lap and then I do something. So I'll do like sit-ups or my arms or jumping jacks or just something. The bleachers are only like eight, eight. I tried to do like, stadiums so they are only like eight oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's it's probably a good start for me because i'm not going to run those very much but i'm um, not trying to go crazy but just watching what i'm eating and i'm um, also um since we moved i'm like 25 pounds down so still a little bit more to go but some of that was just stress of moving this mm-hmm. year was topsy-turvy this was a crazy year but um i kind of at first, I was doing what everybody was doing. I was baking when we were home, was like oh, I have all this free time. And then I thought, "Oh, no, this isn't good for me." So, I decided I—it was a choice, it's my choice. So, um, we're working at it.
0: And that's all you can do. Um, this is—I mean, it is something that uh, I'm trying to keep myself calm because it's not just you; it's—it's it's other people that I've told. Uh, for some reason. So when you hear about working out, people always think you have to be good at it or you have to go to the gym or you have to, you know, you have to have these certain things, you know, to reach a certain level. I'm like, no, start with walking. That's the bit like (laughs) you can walk anywhere. You know what I mean? And it's free and it does so. It does so much for you. People don't have no clue. You know how much walking does for you. You know, uh, so not just your legs. I mean your upper body because you're moving your arms and your lower back because it's stability. You know, you have to remember you're holding yourself up the whole time that you're walking. You know what I mean? So it's gonna it's gonna help your uh, your trunk area and all that good stuff. And it's just people. I don't know what it is that makes people think. That they need all this equipment, you know, they need uh, these machines, they need all this other stuff, you know, and I think this whole quarantine has really showed people that you don't need all that stuff. You know, these people that are protesting to have gyms open, I'm like, for what? You know, unless you're the owner or something, like, what do you need a gym for?
1: Well, a couple of years ago, um, a friend of mine convinced me to try CrossFit, and I hated every minute of it. Hated it. Oh, yeah. And... I hated it for the reason I wouldn't go to a gym. It's not, it wasn't the work that I hated. I hated having to do it in front of other people. Mm-hmm. So walking, I just walk anyway. So that's not hard for me. And um, some of the things, if Eric goes with me, then I'll like stand over my head and do my jumping jacks. And that way I'm not thinking about the other people. And you know what? What i realize realized in life, the other people aren't thinking about me either. Like I'm so worried what mm-hmm. are the other people going to think. And the truth is they're not thinking about me because I'm not about them. Like last night there was a group probably like a cross type group. Um, and I wasn't looking at them going, Oh my gosh, who's not doing the sit up and who's not. Cause I don't care. Cause I was thinking about myself mm-hmm. and I was worried about me. And so if I could just get that off me, maybe I would be more apt to do But Like, I don't, I'm not going to the gym because I don't want to do it in front of the people. That's why the track there are people there, but there's kids are playing soccer. stuff's stuff going on while I'm there.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I was, I was like that too. And I was a personal trainer. So when I first got a job, I was at a 24 hour gym and I would go like one or two in the morning to make sure I knew what every machine did. Cause I didn't want to look like an idiot, you know, in front of people, you know what I mean? I was like that, like self-conscious about it. And then See,
1: that goes back to what you were saying about like your dad and me, mm-hmm. but, but the difference is you did something about it. Right. Like you weren't like right in front of everybody, but. If you were insecure about something, you weren't sure about something, you went and did it. And so that is very admirable because so many people get stopped by that. Well, I might look like an idiot, so I'm just not going to do it. Well, if you're, if you worry about that, about what other people, you're going to be so disappointed when you realize they're not thinking about you.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: don't care what you're doing because they were doing their thing.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, it took me, it took me being a personal trainer, helping other people with their weight loss and stuff to do that, you know? Um, and that was actually the first time I've ever worked out in the gym too, was oh, when, wow. I started, yeah. <laughs> when I started, yeah. When I started working there. Yeah.
1: That's where you worked out, which is that requires so much discipline for you to do that because you were dedicated to it for yeah. sure. So that's
0: neat. Yeah. Um, well, was something else I was going to, oh, so I got <laughs> okay. a question from Alyssa. It was kind of a dumb question, but, um, she says, how are you so smart?
1: Okay. Um,
0: Didn't you try out for Jeopardy before? Or something no. like that? I had tried
1: out for to Be a millionaire. And I, oh, that's what it was. Right, but they, so many people were trying out that I never got the call. Um, smart is inherited, I think. My dad is smart. My mom's smart, too. My dad just is more vocal about it, I'm sure. Um but I'm a reader, so pick up a book. Because we. I just had a two hour Zoom for school this morning and they were talking about vocabulary. And I read something on Facebook a couple weeks ago that said, don't make fun of a person for mispronouncing a word. Um, because that means they learned, they learned the word by reading it. Because you can't always, you know, you read a word, you don't always know what that word sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just read because that's where you get vocabulary because you learn words in context, but to try to learn a word, okay, this is this word. And here's what it means. Now learn this word. It's artificial, but it's organic. If you read a word while, you know, and learn that word while you're reading it, learn how to use it. So you don't pronounce it right. We can fix that. We can say, Oh, actually it's pronounced like this and then we'll move on. But, um, read, 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 read. So, and you know, find interest. You may not be smart about physics, but you're smart about um, fitness, and mm-hmm. so I'm not going to go to a physics professor to find out how to get fit. I'm going to go to you because that's, that's what you know. So smart's a relative term, but thanks for saying it, Lisa
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do would you say you're like book smart or like common sense? Do you have more common like more book smart than common sense?
1: Um. Book smart in a way, but because I married Eric and because Eric made me learn to communicate, I think about things so differently. Someone's age also—I'm mean, fifty years old—but um, I, I've Um, learned to think about things a little outside the box than I might once have. Like that whole rule thing that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, it was the rule because this is the rule your dad talked about on his podcast we were just good rule followers. That was just, we were, my parents are good rule. We just learned it in our, you know, in our family. Um, but wisdom comes with knowing when, when is the right time to enforce the rule and when it's not. Of course, you're not supposed to chew gum at school. You know why? Because I don't want gum all over the bottom of this, the desks and the chairs, because that's where it ends up. But if it helped you, your teacher had that wisdom to know, well, this is what it does. And if it's going to help his learning, well, we're not going to worry about the rule for a minute. And I think that's, that's a common sense smart that not everybody gets.
0: Um, so is that an answer? Yeah. I mean, I always thought I was like straight smart because I learned a lot like, uh, of like being out in the, I'm not gonna say being out in the streets cause I'm not like from the streets, you know what I mean? But I had a lot, a lot of hard dudes that came around our neighborhood. Um, and I learned a lot, like, growing up and stuff like that, um, until the other day, where, like, a cop came to my door, and I just kind of, like, went along with what he was saying, and then he left, and then my wife was like, did he show you your ba- his badge? I was like, no, and then <laughs> I was like, she was like, you're not as street smart as you thought you were, blah, 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 maybe you just knew, you
1: just sensed,
0: maybe I just, yeah, I mean, there, were, there was another time I bought, uh I bought meat, out of a uh, unmarked truck, this dude was selling
1: meat. <laughs> Heard of that? I've never done it. People yeah, would, or, people would come to the door and try to sell you meat out the back of the car. I yeah. never did. Eric's restaurant guy, so he's too big on like USDA and all that. Kind
0: right. Of stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, I did more. Uh, I was asking him like questions about it, and I was just like, and the dude like went into like this sob story about him feeding his family and stuff like that, and I was just like. I mean, he was really being persistent. Like it was probably like 30 minutes. He was sitting there talking to me and, um, I was like, ah, what's like, I'll buy a few steaks, man. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't expensive. So it was, (laughs) it was already, it was all frozen and packaged correctly. So,
1: okay.
0: So it wasn't like it was awful, like raw or anything, but.
1: But I think maybe even with that, um, the policeman coming to your door, you get a perception for someone who's, you know, you've met cops, so you know right. the presence that they have. Um, I remember I had a student years and years ago. This kid was sixteen, could drive a car, and told me his mom was a doctor, and I was like, okay, because I, I never I met her. She was a lovely person, but I just knew from the doctors I've met, she wasn't a doctor. Yeah. And it turns out she wasn't. Like this kid was sixteen and did not know what his mother did for a living, but she was. Financially astute, and she um, owned medical buildings. Well, somehow this kid did not know the difference between his mom being a doctor. But I just talked to her, and she didn't talk to me like a doctor. Yeah, she loved me. that's not disparaging at all. Right. Just and so you probably knew. You probably knew if he was a cop or not.
0: See, and that's what yeah, that's what I thought because I was like, oh, I'm I'm endangering my family and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I was yeah. like, I just I don't know. I just had that feeling like I didn't have any. You know, I heard his radio. I was listening to what's coming over his radio. You know, if someone was really trying to act that part, they nailed it because. <laughs> Did
1: he have a uniform
0: on? Uh, Kinda. And he was in an unmarked car. So it was kind of hard to. Yeah. But again, like you said, like his presence, I just didn't have any question about it. So. I don't know. It's
1: interesting. But
0: I've always probably like proud, like uh pride myself over my common sense because I'm not very book smart. Um, I learned hands-on, which You're is hands-on. why, right. So, this, that I mean, it's like when I went to Dawn Career Institute, I got a 4.0. I finished high school with a 0. 0.8. So, shows you.
1: <laughs> but it also is the difference in your passion.
0: That's Yeah, that's true, too. You
1: passion for books, which you had a passion because, and something that's very hard, especially I taught sixth grade this year setting goals is very hard for a sixth grader. Yeah. You're not thinking about graduation, So it's not like I'm talking to juniors and seniors. I'm a sixth grader. So what, what are his goals? Go to seventh grade. I mean, that's that's kind of a hard thing to do. But you went to Dawn Career and you said, this is what I want to do. Um, Maddie had the same experience. Maddie stood a little better in school, but she did not love school. I mean, she just didn't. And we were telling her for years, well, you're going to college because you're going to college. And she came up to us one day, she wanted to be a hairdresser. And she said, All right, I'll go to college, but as soon as I finish college, I'm going to beauty school. Mm -hmm. So we had a talk about that. It's like, look, this is where her passion was, and I don't think that they kept like 4.0. I don't think they kept grades like that, but she excelled in beauty school because it was her passion. It's what she wanted, Um, and I that was a great lesson for me that everybody's not supposed to go to college,
0: right?
1: And that doesn't mean that they're not productive, and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that because. A lot of people go to college and are unproductive. You know, that there's no guarantee just because you go because you go to college that that's going to make you successful. Right. And then there are other definitions of success.
0: Yeah. And we'll finish up. I like to um, ask everyone this question, and and you are like where you are at in your life. What um, what still drives you? What still motivates
1: you? me a second um that's a tricky one right now because of the last year because the last year was just wonderful and difficult and if you had asked me this a year ago when i was still at Crestview thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna retire at Crestview high school then i would have said motivating um to continue like my theater program to get it better to do all that because i love being a teacher I love being in the school setting, and I love being with these kids. So that was a big motivator. Um, this year was a lot harder. That whole goal setting—it's hard to motivate sixth graders. It was very different. It was—I learned more in this year than I've learned in the last eight. Um, but I'm, I'm motivated not to not to become complacent, to just keep going, to keep driving. So I'm motivated to better myself. Like I still. Um, something I've told students for years is just because you get out of school doesn't mean you stop learning. And so I'm motivated to learn everything, to go everywhere I can go because I only get this one shot at the world, and I want to see all of it, learn as much about it as I can. So I guess that motivates me. Is that good.
0: <laughs> hey, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer.
1: There is. I just think um, – My family motivates me. I want my kids to be proud of me. I want, they don't have to be, but, you know, I hope that I'm someone that they can respect and look up to. My nieces and nephews, too.
0: Um, I know Ty wouldn't be, but, like, has Maddie, like, told you anything like that? Like, how, like, she likes stuff that you do, or have you heard her talk about that at all?
1: She has said things like that, mostly about, like, my marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly she hasn't said those things directly to me but she has said things like on Facebook or Instagram or something where she'll post a picture of us and say things like that about it and I always think that's pretty nice. You know, you get those things on Mother's Day, that right. kind of stuff, but, but those mean a lot. Like just because it's Mother's Day doesn't mean that you discount it. Like it means a lot to hear your kids say things like that. Um, I wouldn't say that's the reason I became a parent you know, I just—I don't know. I think that,
0: um, it is nice when you hear your kids say things like that. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I even like uh, Heather told me that like my niece and um, said something about how uh, she was like he like Ben really loves you or something to her, and like they can see like the time and the effort like I put in. You know, and I'm hoping, like, they look for someone like that for them. You know what I right. mean? Because um, right. just, just because, like, she has something wrong with her, like, whatever, she goes through all these things, like, I'm there for her to lay her head on. You know, I'm there, and I'm always going to be there. And I want my nieces and nephews to see that.
1: And we you talked know? about that earlier, about that word commitment. Yeah. Like, it's like, you decide you're going to be committed. And you either are or you aren't. When I look at your grandfather, when I look at Granddad and how he is with my mom, um, he is not the verbal guy. Like he's not the one, oh, hearts and flowers, Janet Kay. But Granddad is there for her, and she's been there for him. Just she's had some struggles um, Mm -hmm. in the last few years. He was there for her, and it. He doesn't brag about himself. He doesn't look what I. He just does it. Mm. Um, And I think it's not it's not the words you say it's your actions I and mean, that's so important that that's that means everything because you can say something and great i can say a lot of things but man if i don't actually do it it doesn't matter what i said
0: yeah and the coolest thing to me is that they actually see that you know for her to bring that up i was like i was like wow she's so she's actually like paying attention to what i'm doing so i have to make sure that i'm living you know i'm doing what i want to do because you know and then with that video i got for my birthday um i never huh you're
1: gonna put it out i'm huh? gonna put it out? I wanna see it
0: it's on dad's youtube oh is it okay I'm yeah it. and um i've never thought about people thinking stuff about me you know what i mean but when you hear everyone has something similar to say it's like wow they see that like they see what i'm trying to do
1: didn't have to talk about it. you don't have to say look who i am look what i do right you do that like what you do the way you carry yourself and all of that i mean that's then honestly, i'd rather have that than anybody say oh you said such nice things you know oh, yeah definitely i've always hated the idea that the nicest people are to you is at your funeral
0: Ugh. yeah
1: like i hate that like why why are you gonna say nice things to me at my funeral i'm not gonna be I there, there to enjoy can't it.
0: Even hear it. it yeah
1: <laughs> right say it on your 30th birthday or say it I just, I'm a big advocate of telling telling people you love them. Tell the people you love that you love them. Let them know you care and then show that. So don't just say it, but show it. Like you show Heather, granddad shows grandma, you know, and he's not the big words guy, but his actions say way more than any words could.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. All right, I guess we'll wrap it up. And I thank you so much for doing it. I had fun. Oh, yeah, was, of course. I
1: was, I was nervous. My neck was all splotchy. <laughs> when we started. <laughs>